Talking Toro 61. Uh, we're back, Rob. Um, Vanya had his best game in a Torino shirt last night. I'll come on to that shortly. Um, but we are heading to Turin, uh, Rob and I, next weekend, or oh, this weekend, to um, come and watch Torino play Atalanta in Torino's regular Monday night slot now. Um, Rob, we have we have a bit of a plan in place. Um, so if anyone is heading to Turin this weekend or is in Turin, would like to meet up, we are planning on Sunday the 3rd, which is the birthday of Torino FC, to be in the Jumping Jester pub on Via Mazzini at 6pm. So we uh, it's it's a neutral venue. It's not a pub we've been to before, but all, all kind of British slash Irish pubs in, in Italy tend to be quite similar so i think we think we don't expect but we'll, we'll be there and then um we'll perhaps move on uh at some point but at six 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 o'clock on sunday uh jumping jester pub we'll put a few tweets out um before the weekend during the weekend um and then otherwise rob and i will be in the maratona on monday evening if uh if anyone is around maybe there'll be such a small crowd rob will just be able to shout across the corner to each other anyway so i mean i was fine um, i was fine to the next two mate but uh it's fine we can we can go in different sections if you want to but uh um, but yeah, yeah no, you, you looking forward to it rob yeah no it's um yeah, despite well, the Bologna game, which we'll, we'll go on to talk about. But yeah, no, I, I do have a strange feeling that if uh, Torino had won that game, I'd probably been a little bit less optimistic about their chances of winning on Monday. So maybe, um, yeah, I've got a fate. Fate would dictate that we potentially have a chance, but um, form and logic might 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 suggest otherwise. So yeah, we'll, we'll get on to the uh, Atalanta preview uh, at the end of this episode. But yeah, no, looking forward to it. Obviously, only in... Um, Turin in April, I think you were last there. Was it February? Um, and yeah, it was either, I, either January if it was Udinese game, which I think yeah may have just sneaked into February. So, yeah, yeah, so I'm hoping that um, your your good luck watching Toro will, will rub off on me because yeah, my uh, my record is, isn't great, but yeah, as, as I mentioned before, first ever Torino game I went to uh, on my own was a two one win against Atalanta. So I'll take that right now. A little bit more about that later, Robert. Um, yeah, so last night, Bologna, uh, I mean, it was, I guess, uh, for me, it was a kind of dawning realisation that Serie A is not a very good league. Um, and as I said before, I love Italian football. I'm a defender of Italian football whenever, you know, whenever whenever people do kind of make comments about it. But uh, it was it was a pretty low quality game. And if Bologna is sitting fifth in the table... Um, I think it says quite a lot. I mean, they're a funny team, aren't they? I, I, I was, they're a bit kind of a collection of Erasmus students. I've, like, there's a Pole, an Austrian, two Dutch, a Dane, two Swiss, two Italian, Belgian, well, and then and then a token pale Scotsman. Bologna uh, does have a good university, so that that might make sense. But that's but that's the yeah, it's the vibe I get with Bologna. There's this, there's kind of one of those teams you don't really have a lot of kind of needle or kind of there was some there was some lame chanting from the Bologna fans, but. Yeah, I mean, for an hour, Torino were okay. Um, nothing more than okay, but kind of in, in control of the match. And then as soon as, and we've seen this time and time again under Juric, as soon as there's a moment of adversity or uh, it doesn't quite go to plan, it just, uh, the whole the whole thing collapsed. And the last half an hour was, was, was pretty painful. I think it's more evident in this season under Juric, where if we concede the first goal, we just literally 
our heads drop it and and that's almost game over. The the manner in which we conceded was potentially contributed to that little bit because we were in control of the game. It was an unnecessary mistake from Girello, which I'm sure we'll get on to, but it's yeah, it's that lack of reaction, that lack, lack of character, lack of leadership, which I think has been the the story of of this season. You, it's almost we we go a couple of steps forward and and then we go one step back. We saw saw thought with the the two consecutive victories, three five two, maybe things were turning the corner a little bit. But yeah, I mean, we weren't we weren't even that great in the first hour. Um, I know the commentators were sort of maybe hyping us up a little bit too much. I thought. We were competent. Like I don't think we we did anything extraordinary. We were unlucky with Vlasic's goal. Um, I just think I, I'm not a big fan of VAR. I'm not sure anybody is, but you, you can't be conceding. You can't be disallowing goals like that, where not one Bologna player was appealing for. I don't, I'm not. Even, I think both of, both of Ambrose and, and Zapata were were in offside positions, but I think Bologna could have had their first, second, and third choice goalkeeper in goal and still wouldn't have saved that. So I'm not sure how much of a difference it made. Is it kind of confirmation bias or I'm looking for, but does it Torino and VAR, it just feels like we're after what happened with the Rodriguez goal at Mons as well, I just feel can't really celebrate a goal until the opposition's kicked off again. I mean, yeah. I, watching it last night, I did see the two players and I think that ah, this is this is surely gonna be checked. And the, the, the showed countless replays actually before it went kind of back to, to the live feed and then uh, when the live feed when the referee's standing there, we are listening to his earpiece you just think yeah this goal is going to be chalked off and um and then the Bologna second goal it just those sort of things only seem to happen to Torino where the the on-pitch decision gets overturned I mean it was the, the non-penalty at Lazio which I think we were 2-0 down already so it wouldn't have mattered but yeah it just feels like yeah. those those times where where yeah kind of VAR overturns the on-pitch decision seems to happen to, to us quite a lot and uh I left the Cairo's rant uh, a few weeks ago. It's just not sure anyone listened, but yeah, it's just it. The Vlasic goal. I mean, I can't say we would have gone on and won because chances are we would have sat back and conceded. We, uh, for me, if Vlasic had goal had stood, it probably would have ended up being a one-one draw. But, um, but yeah, it was a shame because it was a great strike, as yeah. was Rodriguez's a few weeks ago. And I think this is this is part of the issue with with VAR that you. Uh, taking away that sort of what football is all about, it's celebrating goals, it's celebrating moments. The fact that people don't celebrate when a goal initially goes in because then they're thinking, oh, I need to check for VAR. And then you have, you even saw it was Xerxes' goal at, at, at the end. He celebrates and he celebrates again. It, again, Polanyi, I thought, okay. I thought they went a little bit over the top of celebrations again. It's not like I'm a celebration police, but uh, a little bit over the top um, for both their goals, to be honest. And the um yeah, just having that celebration after a sort of what three, four minute wait just seemed a little bit fake to me. It's just a little bit like that moment's passed a little bit. Like, okay, the goal's been given, just you've won the game, move on. Yeah, I mean they won they won the game and was, the, the main talking point before the game was Gianmelo started. Don't re- I haven't read too much after the game, apart from Europe saying Vanya was kind of tired and he didn't see him at, at his best levels in training. Uh, which didn't really come across as a criticism per se. It just felt like he'd seen a lot of Jamelo during international duty and Vanya had come back tired. Um, but that was a big talking point before the match and ultimately it was a decision that cost us the match. And uh, I didn't think 
uh, like just being a bit wise after the event, but Jimelo didn't fill me with confidence leading up to that moment. And it just reeks. What is our strategy with our reserve keeper? I mean, why do we have a 23-year-old who's who before yesterday only ever played three games above the third tier? It just seems Jamelo for me has just been left to kind of rot on the bench for two seasons when he needed to be playing football. Yeah, and the, the profile of our backup keepers a little a little strange. Um, and obviously, it's very hard to have someone with Vanya's characteristics as number two. But um, whereas, yeah, just there were times yesterday we, we, where we kind of reverted to Man City type um, kind of uh, possession football from goal kicks where we just needed to release the ball um, much earlier. We just ended up getting ourselves into trouble quite a lot as well. I, I do feel that the idea in the summer probably would have been to have to loan Jamela out because there is a bit of potential there. And that's why we brought in Mihai Popper um, from Romanian football. And obviously that hasn't gone to plan. He hasn't impressed anybody. He's now sort of third choice and he's now sort of left lingering with his career with where he's sort of not going to get a game, even in even in sort of the instance that the number one sort of not seemed to be to be fit for a game. So, um, yeah, I mean, we almost had... <laughs> I mean, we we had Barisha, who is almost the the sort of goalkeeper you want to be your backup goalkeeper, experienced, reliable. But even we managed to annoy him so much that he wanted to leave because obviously he was given a, a couple of games as, as first choice after Milinkovic Savic made a number of mistakes, and and then I think he was then dropped again and never seen to be seen again. I think you've got to have a bit of consistency. You've got to. It's good to have maybe a goalkeeper who you're willing to throw in at, at short notice. But yeah, I think somebody somebody said it on on. Um, on Twitter is it's been a long, long time since we've had a reliable number one. And obviously Sirigu towards the end of his career at Torino probably wasn't at his best, but it was such a relief to have for, for three seasons. He was there or, or however long it was, I think it was around three seasons. Like that just reliable number one. And there was never a question. You knew he, the amount of, again, I think, I think I mentioned it as well, the, the amount of points that he saves the club on just making saves that he shouldn't, I mean, I, like you said at the start, Vandy's this probably turned out to be quite a good thing for him because if you ask me who I want to see in the in the uh, goalkeeper chair on on Monday night, it would be Vandy, and, and that's not really because of anything he's done. Yeah, I, uh, for me, Vandy's been okay this season, um, and yeah, dropping him seemed a little strange. Just Jim, you're right. I mean, I didn't, I wasn't a fan of Barisha. I saw Barisha play. And highlights this week, Empoli at Sassuolo this weekend. And yeah, he never really filled me with a lot of confidence, but that sort of profile, because Vanya is not an experienced goalkeeper. And I think actually probably having someone around him with a calm head who's quite experienced and and would push him a little bit as well would help. Um, Whereas, I don't know, I mean, Jamela, I'm not writing him off, but he just, I don't think he's he's played enough football and Torino's he's not a, such a prodigious talent that we can just throw him in and uh, and kind of let him make him... We can't afford to have a goalkeeper who's going to be learning on the job. Um, that should have been done somewhere else. So, yeah, a bit of a a bit of an odd one. So, I mean, he was at fault for the goal twice because of why he was coming out when we had, like, two players covering and then he did have the opportunity to take the ball and then just wasn't strong enough with the contact. Um, so, for me, it was just... a he was just obviously been too keen to impress and too proactive. 
And yeah, I, I think I, mean, I think I, he I, he felt a little bit like the defenders were were playing to him as if he was Vanya, as if he had the range in passing that that Milinkovic Savage has, which is, just isn't the case. And I felt like he was thinking not what he would normally do in that situation. He was thinking what Vanya would do, uh, and that probably that second guessing and 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 just running into their man's land. Even, even Milinkovic Savage, for his faults, I don't think we've conceded many goals with him just sort of running <laughs> running out of the goal. Out the, of the, the goal. The, the goal. It reminded me of was when Messias scored for Milan when we beat them 2-1 last season. That was the one time Vanya's done something similar. Um, but I think Jamelo's mistake was was worse. And then, yeah, just, I mean, generally, I think, yeah, for 60 minutes we were competent, but no one really, there was no one player you were looking at and saying, you know, he's he's having a really, really good game. And then as soon as we went 1-0 down, they, the lack of character in this team, taking aside maybe, maybe for me, Bongiorno, I don't see, I see a lot of heads go down. I see a lot of players not wanting the ball. I see a lot of players not making runs. Duven Zapata was starting to look a lot sharper against Sassuolo and Monzo. He's had two weeks effectively off, um, just well, two weeks conditioning, and he just looked like he had lead in his boots last night. Um, Sanabria and Vlasic, for me, are two of the players whose head goes down um, and you don't see. And then, for me, as soon as Pietro Pellegrini came on, as, as I mean, Zapata was not good, but when Pellegrini came on, I was just like, well, we're not scoring tonight. It's uh, it's just like for like the whole time. And the only interesting thing, really, tactically, was when Caramo came on and and, and we, we tried to play a slightly different shape but all he I mean he ended up taking throw-ins foul throw-ins most of the time and not getting punished so uh but I thought yeah I mean I thought at least he ran about at speed a little bit uh without kind of ever being effective so um but yeah it's really 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 kind of disappointing performance on many levels yeah no I agree I agree with that I think that's the thing you you sort of hope that had we had we played a little bit poorer and then we'd gone behind, you almost think that there'd be a reaction. But I think the fact that we played okay until that point, that it almost then just be like, oh, which they're just like, oh, it's not going to be our day. So why why should we try? And I think that's the thing that maybe people need to get through to to a lot of the Torino players that the the sort of DNA of a Torino player in the past has been that sort of never never give up, never sort of say die, fight to the end. There's been players who are nowhere near as talented as the current sort of. Torino squad who are held in a lot of affection by Torino fans just because of that attitude. You, sort of from my era, your Miguel Bashes, your Alessandro Gazzis. I mean, they they're not unbelievable Serie A quality players, but they gave absolutely everything in every minute that they played for the club. And I just don't think you see that with with a lot of Torino players, other than the, the one Torino player who's a, a Toro fan. You just don't see any sort of ounce of passion, and I think that's for for a club of Torino that sort of holds that so close to their identity. I think that's quite painful to watch. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't have the best footballing weekend because I went to see the mighty Port Vale um, play at, Shrew- at Shrewsbury Town on Saturday, and the two performances were eerily similar, just like okay between the boxes. Um, I don't know if Andy Crosby has been watching tapes of Urich's Toro, but just, yeah, they felt very similar. I mean, a big lad up front who's not quite in shape, um, a defence kind of creaking and ready to make a mistake, and then fullbacks who just can't cross and don't go forward. I mean, Torino yesterday, it's just, it's all very intricate. It's all trying to just pick these pockets in um uh, kind of in central areas, trying to get Vlasic into a position I felt was the only way we were going to do anything. I know you're a bit of a Raul Bellanova fan, but 
for me, just he has these bursts, two or three bursts at pace a game. You think, oh, this looks interesting, and then it doesn't actually go anywhere. It, it, I, I feel I just like him because he just he does actually look like somebody who cares. But I'm not sure how much of it is just he hates every other teammate. Uh, I'm not sure how passionate he is for the the badge of the club. I think he just, he just I just get the impression he just just doesn't like right. a lot of people. He's he's always criticising, which which again I think can be a good thing. But I feel like when you're the one to blame, which he was on a couple of occasions last night, you probably can't be be shouting out your teammates. No, and. Um... Maybe the evening just started badly when Ricardo Rodriguez was asked to re- to to read, knowing the famous non-reader of the team who doesn't is not very verbal. Um, but yeah, maybe he was just so distracted and about giving that giving that speech. But probably so. I mean, probably so. Sorry, just says a lot for somebody who spent a lot of time in Switzerland. Obviously, both captains last night were Swiss, and it's quite impressive that they were able to to sort of deliver that speech in their non-first uh, language. Um, yeah, quite quite impressive. I think I think that's probably the only reason that uh, I wish you played just so you didn't have to hear Lewis Ferguson try and read that up. Well, that's true, but um, yeah, the other thing that made me laugh yesterday was I don't know if you saw the advertising around the pitch, but a lot of it was for Cathedral City cheddar cheese. I mean, Italy, the land of cheeses, and there was uh, yeah, cheddar cheese adverts everywhere, so I couldn't quite, but maybe that's the Erasmus students in Bologna or something. <laughs> well. Cheap, cheap market, cheap marketing, and then nobody's going to be in Bologna on a Monday night. No, but yeah, it was um, pretty dispiriting, dispiriting performance. Um, we haven't not something we really talked about uh, because, uh, and it's probably something we should address in another pod when we have a bit more time. But um, Torino did play Dembasek yesterday, which um, with the, I mean, the reason Ricardo Rodriguez reading speech because it was the it's the annual. Um, they do this every season, don't they, with the um, um, campaign against, I think it's domestic violence or, um, and yeah, I mean, there's been there's been a case with with Sec, uh which uh, I think legally is not going anywhere now, um, which involved him and his his uh, ex girlfriend. Um, and then I think you said something earlier where there was, I don't know if this was before the match or after the match where a journalist uh, was kind of following Sec to the Torino bus. I, I presume it looked like it was after the match. Um, I didn't check, but yeah, it's kind of, it, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure it would have been. Uh, it's it's really not something Torino have communicated on very much, um, which I can understand when the case, when, when the case was, um, being looked into, but uh, the case, the the, the procedure. I think it was the. Uh, I, I mean, I don't think it was the the person making the complaint who dropped the case. I think the case was it was it was recommended that the case not didn't move forward. But um, yeah, just a bit of an an ugly situation. Um, yeah, and yeah, we've not really had much clarity on that either. And I think that's probably been um, why it's maybe more relevant for for yesterday. Is that my understanding is actually there's two. Um, sort of complaints or accusations and the um there was a documentary that aired last night regarding this second accusation um which was involved in, into with the 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 woman involved uh, and i believe it's i think they were maybe related to the the question was probably the same tv channel where that documentary is aired so i think that's probably what happened in that in that video that i shared with you um it's yeah it's not a it's a, re- it's, we, a it's a it's a revenge Porn is yeah. the kind of is the, and you know. it, we 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 don't we we don't know the evidence. We're not we're not lawyers. We're not sort of 
um, prosecutors or anything, but it just doesn't paint Torino or, or second self in a good light. And I think, like you say, I think we have, especially I suppose in English football with with the Mason Greenwoods uh, situation, probably a little bit more uh, familiar in terms of what we would like to see a football club come out and do and potentially be the exact opposite of what Manchester United did. Um, I think there probably needs to be some communication because I know a lot of fans now are, are sort of turning against them. Second, it's going to become a very ugly uh, situation for him if he continues to play for the club and, and when his own fans are, are, are cheering against him or booing him or or want him not to represent the club. And I think the, the club probably need to make a decision quite quickly about what they're going to do regarding this situation. Um, I, I, I'm reminded of, a, of an interview that, that Gordon Strachan once gave where he said football is not a sport of morals. There's, there's been people who've done terrible, terrible things and continue to play football. I think now we're living in maybe a different society where people are actually being rightly challenged for for things that they do and things that they've said in the past. And I think there is the potential that that this might lead to to the end of sex career and in, in, at Torino at least. And I think for, from my standpoint, I think it's it's not from a sporting standpoint, it's not a player who um has really been unbelievable at Torino. Um that probably shouldn't be the main thing that we're thinking about in this situation. But uh, in the reality, I feel like if this was a different player who maybe been a little bit more successful, the way that we was the the way that the club would would react could be different. Um, and yeah, I feel the the club probably need to to make a statement and try and um, sort of sort it out. Sounds a little bit like I'll try to sweep it under the carpet, but I think some communication would, would be would be good at, at this point. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, there's nothing stopping the club doing something with SEC now as well. Um, uh, whether it be a joint statement or some some clarity on it. And uh, you're right, I just felt, I, f- I think it was probably a ta- also a tactical thing for him not to play last night as well. Um, but I think it has been noticeable um, since this story broke um, that we've seen a lot less of him as well. So, but yeah, I completely echo everything you, you just said and you said it a lot better than I did. So, um, anything else on on Bologna before we head into the weekend? I mean, I've got not got a great desire to talk anything more about Bologna. Firstly, no, no, no. Let's uh, let's move on to um, to to better things and hopefully uh, three points against Atalanta on, on Monday night. All right. Well, let's see if you can get a point. I do. I'll try and do the Torropedia, uh before the break. So it is a tricky one, Rob. I'm not going to deny it. But you would have heard of his player. So I, okay, I'm going to shoot before we go to the break. So 2005, 2006, uh, Danubio, one appearance, no goals. Uh, 2006, Twente, no appearances, no goals. 06 to 07, uh, Duisburg in Germany, uh, their second team, nine appearances, no goals. Um, 07 to 09, Duisburg. Uh, main team, 23 appearances, no goals. 09 to 10, Ammonia, no appearances, no goals. 2010, back to Danubio, 10 appearances, no goals. 2010 to 11, Tigre, 18 appearances, no goals. 2011 to 12, Mallorca, 28 appearances, no goals. 2012, Rangers de Talca, no appearances, no goals. Alone to Torino, 12 to 13, two appearances, no goals. Back to Rangers to Talca, 2013, 10 appearances, no goals. 
back to Tigre, 13 to 14, 15 appearances, no goals. 14 to 17, Atletico Tucumán, uh, 46 appearances, no goals. 17 to 18, Puebla, six appearances, no goals. Um, I probably bashed some of the pronunciations speaking with speed, but how are you feeling about that one, Rob? I'll be honest, though, I stopped writing down halfway through because I think I've got it. Okay. Well, the link is, um, I'll tell you the link. I'll let you have your guess, but there is a, there is a link. Um, all right. I think we should play in some of the great Volta Bersa, um, from the time you did see Torino beat Atalanta, which we are hoping to repeat, uh, Monday evenings. So take it away, big man. Uh, welcome back to Talking Toro 61. That was a bit of audio from the Valtabesa goal when Torino beat Atalanta 2-1 back in... It was the first season back in Serie A, wasn't it? Um, when yeah. Rob saw his first Torino victory. Uh, Robert, talking of victories, you, you seem pretty confident about victory in Toropedia this week. And I thought I, I gave you a little bit of a hospital pass here, so... I feel like Any there were a lot, of, a lot of clues there. Obviously, Danubio, Uruguayan team, so Uruguayan player. Uh, I think, it, weirdly, I think it was actually the Mallorca link that gave me it. Is it Pablo Caceres? Uh, it's not quite correct. Oh, It's Pablo Domingo Caceres Rodriguez, but I'll give it you. I, to rest, <laughs> I was, at the start, I was like, what's his first, what's his first name, Pablo? But yeah. Uh, it, was, it was it was yeah just some some extra family names added to him. Well um, done. This might be your your my era. Yeah. See my era. You're in. He was on the bench in that. So I tried to find someone from ah, that nice. squad. So he was on the bench uh, when Torino beat Atalanta two uh, one. Uh, Rob. So Atalanta's a bit of a mixed bag in the. I think the ten or eleven years since we've been back in Serie A, we have lost the last four. Um, some guy called Duvan Zapata scored the winner last season. Uh, Juric's first ever game we managed to lose in the 93rd minute, and then we had the nil seven, which was followed by a 4 2 defeat. So we've lost the last four, and that followed a run of seven where we'd won no, six, where we'd won three and drawn three. So we've gone from having a pretty decent record, and I think historically we have a decent home record against Atalanta, but it's all gone. In the kind of peak Gasparini years, it's all gone very badly for us against Atalanta. Um, and yeah, the 7 0, we've still, I mean, we did come back to in Bergamo, didn't we, to draw 3 3 uh, from 3 0 down, but we've not really kind of laid a glove on them since we, um, since we lost 7 0. Um, so revenge is in the air. Uh, Peter and Rob are in town. And, uh, What's your, yeah, what's your feeling? I'll be honest. I mean, it's, hard, it's hard to have any confidence about Torino. Atalanta do play Sporting Lisbon at home in the Europa League on Thursday, which may, yeah, which may is have an impact on, on the team they're playing. So, And that is a bit of a battle for uh, first place. I believe the way that Europa League works nowadays is that the team who finished top of their group automatically get through to the next round. The team who finished second then have to play uh, a playoff round to be able to get to that stage and imagine it's the last 16 um, because obviously you get the teams from the Champions League and then that risk you play in a third place team for the Champions League as well 
Um, so yeah, that's a very long-winded saying way of saying that Atalanta will be motivated to to play out, play a strong team against Sporting. They've had a couple of defeats in the league against Napoli, um, most recently, uh, which was the the first game for a former Toro coach uh, back in uh, back on the bench at Napoli, Walter uh, Mazzari. Um, I I've just got a feeling that Zapata's going to turn up. Um, I've got a little bit of a worry that Juric will not play him, um, but I'm hoping that Zapata will be super motivated to prove uh, Gasparini wrong. I, I've seen, I'm not sure if you've seen these interviews as well, but I've seen a couple of interviews from former Atalanta players saying that they did not enjoy life under Gasparini at all. Um, the, the sort of the training uh, regime, regime and, and things like that were, was pretty dreadful. Um, doesn't seem to have worked on Man Big Dude run. That's why I left. I, uh, I think Gas, I think Gasparini also has a Ventura vibes. A lot of the players who didn't play much under Ventura hated him and yeah. are very public about actually Ventura was terrible at uh communicating with players who weren't in the team. Um and I read um who was the Danish player who left Atalanta recently? Um Joachim Meile. Yep. He was pretty scathing in a when he left on 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 Gasparini. So, yeah, he seems to have players he really likes. I mean, we scored ten goals all season. If Zapata scores, the chances are he's not going to celebrate. So, um, not that it's the biggest deal in the world, but yeah, um, you're right. I mean, I don't know if you're just going to start overthinking things or go back to his um, go back to his kind of preferred formation. Um, what team would you pick on Monday? I I would stick. I would stick with the three five two. I think there was enough in the Sassuolo game to to show that it can be promising. Uh, Gasparini will play obviously three four two one. So uh, otherwise, I think it could. Even though these have been quite high scoring games in recent years, I think maybe having a bit of a, a tweak to that sort of tactical formation might might sort of change things we could have some success so I would obviously go Vanya in goal uh, I think I mentioned that earlier uh, Bellanova at right wing back and then I would I would bring in Kofi Gigi who is back fit full week Big of training um, five substitutes isn't as much of a worry nowadays obviously if he, if he broke down and got injured in the, in the first 10-15 minutes obviously it wouldn't be ideal but it's not as maybe big of an issue as it would be in the in the three substitute days. Uh, Bongiorno, Rodriguez. Um, I'm going to give Lazaro another go at left wing back. I just think he he has a little bit more about him. There was that run in the um, in the first half, I think it was, where he just sort of uh, funny enough, like you say about about Dempsey, um, he did actually make a, a good point that it was almost like he remembered that he was actually quite an exciting attacking player at one stage and doesn't just need to defend all the time. And and that's something we haven't really seen from him. But yeah, he, especially if uh, playing two up front, our uh, sort of main aim is, is getting crossed into the box. Like Sarah has that that quality to, to be able to do that. Um, obviously, now we've got um, Tomeze not in the uh, back three. So we'd have a midfield of Tomeze, Vlasic and Illich. Is is any I've not read this. How long's Richie out for? 
Uh, apparently, he, he, I think I, I think I saw that he might be back in training next week. So there would be potential that that Richie would be fit if he, if he was, he, oh, he would take Vlasic's place. Um, but yeah, and then Sanabria and Vlasic, uh, Sanabria and Zapata. All right. Interesting. Um, so, I keep... mean, that seems like a lot of work to say that there's, what is that, two changes? <laughs> Gigi and Vanya in for um, Jamelo and Lenetti. Okay, yeah, I would, um, I'd be surprised if Gigi started. I would, I would also play Vanya. I would bring big David Zima in. He played 180 minutes for Czech Republic, back to back, two two games, um, and then didn't get a look in yesterday. Oh, so it'd be Zima, Bongiorno. I'm a bit Rodriguez is looking a bit tired to me as well, and his I think his performance level has dropped off. He wasn't always he wasn't particularly great in the home match against Aswolo. Um and then yeah, yes, there's a couple of times Monza and Bologna where he's not played the offside line very well, but I'm not sure how much of an alternative we have. Could, uh, there be, could there be an argument to move Rodriguez to the left wing back position? Add that, add that quality. Well, that's what I was thinking. I, 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 I would. I will. I mean, we're not going to see Brandon Soppy. I don't think because he's a he's not fit. B playing him against two players. I know Zapata's a Torino player, um, but and where Soppy's, I think technically on loan, but. I can't see Sopi starting. Voivoda, a side issue. Voivoda's performance as substitute Bologna was horrific. Um, did you see and, his? Did you see his assist for um, Kosovo during the international break? I didn't, funnily enough. But, oh um, well, it was it was very good. I did see it. He did um, repost it a couple of times on his Instagram story. But yeah, it was a, sort of like a, a blind pla- uh, blind pass through ball. Um, <laughs> Uh, most yeah, of his passes, was... most of his passes are blind. Sadly, yeah, this one, this one was still an attacking player though, so on the, on, the, on the same team, so it was quite a good one. Yeah, it's, it's a difficult. I want to see Tamezo in midfield, but um, to do that, I'm probably going to need Rodriguez in the back three, and I've no idea who then I'm playing. I mean, I wouldn't play three at the back, but that, that's not going to happen. We're going to go to a back four, so um, yeah, it probably will be Lazar and Belanova. If Richie's fit, I'd bring him in for Illich who just I thought was was pretty dreadful yesterday. Vlasic as well. I mean, it just he just it does seem to have a goal in him in that position, which um we're really struggling with. So it'd be Vlasic, Tameze, Richie if fit, and then hey, if you're playing two up front, you don't really have a lot of alternative, but between uh, Zapata and Sanabria. Um, it would be interesting actually if we um yeah, if they did try a, a Karamai or a, a Radonjic up front alongside Zapata um, and just have that risk that um, it might be a little bit more defensive-minded without having two out-and-out strikers, but obviously Zapata and then somebody a bit pacier up alongside them would be an interesting sort of variation again to, to the three-five-two. Yeah, it, there will be a surprise on Monday and it wouldn't surprise it would not surprise me if Pietro Pellegrini is there in attack. I thought it was gonna be Mihai Popper and goal. <laughs> but yeah, it could be just, just trying all of his goalkeepers. <laughs> um I'll go first with a prediction. Uh um Torino gonna win two one just on the basis that we're going. Um not that they know that. Um but yeah, well, they, the week- I can I can tell them. But I know, I know football doesn't work like this, and but I've just seen yeah two of the most dreadful kind of 
performances this weekend. Uh, it'll be 2-1. And for the second time this season when I go, Jan Caramo is going to get the winner. So he's going to get a late winner. Um, 2-1, 2-1 Toro. Well, I mean, I'd, I'd already said last time I went, uh, or first time I ever went to the Torino game on my own, it was against uh, Atalanta. 2-1 win. Stayed in the same hotel that we're staying at uh, this weekend. So I'm going to go 2-1. I feel like actually it's quite a nice symmetry there because then if it ends 2-1, we can both be happy. A couple of celebratory drinks <laughs> Late, I mean, we've got an early flight Tuesday morning, but maybe, maybe, maybe we'll squeeze a couple of celebratory drinks under the uh, under the curve. Yeah, well, we've um, we've basically declared then on the predictions in that uh, neither, yeah, neither of us will. <laughs> I, I will, I will retain my narrow advantage. Uh, whatever happens, that's good. Uh, we will um, tell you what. Yeah. If if, if um, Caramo scores the winner, you can have you can have an extra three points. Okay. It has um, to still be 2-1 there. I tell you what, you can cancel it out by telling me who scored a winner in your 2-1. It was Volta Bessa. No, but if you, uh, who will score the winner? Oh, sorry. Apologies. I mean, if, if, Volta <laughs> Bessa, if Volta Bessa scores it, I'll give you, uh, I'll give you 100 <laughs> I want, points. I want a million, I'd want a million points for that. <laughs> um, okay. Duvan Zapata will score the winner. Okay. Very good. Um, Fine. And then I think we will do a bit of content for next week's pod while entering, and then we'll probably release it um, once we return to these uh, fair shores. Um, and then, yeah, so we will be, as I said, we'll be in town, jumping Jester Pub Sunday, 6pm. Um, if you are going to come along, then feel free to to tweet us or let us know. Because, um, um, yeah, if the beer's flat there and we move on, then, then we'll... we'll, we'll at least know to wait for people and I think there is a few friends of the pod in town Herbie Sykes uh, who was on a bit of a special last season maybe joining us uh, good friend Mesa Corcoran will no doubt be around and our good friend uh, another Brummy Toro fan Anthony Masari um, another friend of the pod so yeah there'll be there'll be a few of us around at, at certain points as well so um, I'm not yeah sure. have you got yeah, you got sure any mystery just... guests coming, Rob? Or no, no, no. Just, uh, just, just to say, I'm not sure if this is going to sort of entice people to come or, or make them stay away. But I will be bringing the, uh, as always mentioned, Andrea Bellotti pin badges. So anybody who turns up and wants one, they can uh, help themselves. They so, can't give them away for love nor money. So, <laughs> I might, so I'll just give them away at the the first ever Talking Tarot podcast meetup. Well, there you go. You've got a few gifts in your suitcase, but I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It might be, it might be a couple of surprises. Um, so yeah, might, 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 might be a surprise that even you don't know about. But yeah, anybody wants a bloody pin badge, they're definitely free, free to a good home. Very good. And if uh, Alessandro Bongiorno is listening, we have your trophy. We've been trying to get in touch with the club to give it you. Um, so yeah, if you if you want us to bypass the the. Uh, Torino communication team then we'll be happy uh, to hand over your player of the season trophy but please don't uh, come to the Jumping Jester pub the night before a game no, no but uh, yeah we haven't we've not taken a trophy for for Bremer are we for the season before um, no I don't think we are actually this is another prediction this always happens every time I mean when I lived in Torino I used to see footballers all the time but at last on my last visit Having talked, having just bought his book, I saw Alessandro Gazzi. Um, you think we'll see a little bit of random footballer we meet in this? In the well, I've bumped, I've bumped into the Anko, so sure, surely anybody's better than that. Be careful what you wish for. I, 
I'm going to put it out there. I think we might bump into to Bremer because Juve are playing Monza on the first. So their players may be around. And that, that'll be the ironic twist as we can't get the player of the season trophy to the player still at Torino, but we'll be able to potentially bump into the one playing for you. Well, we don't. Yeah, Bra- I'm sure Bremer's not listened to this pod, but we don't have a trophy for you, mate. I like how you think that Bongiorno still is. But, uh, yeah, oh, and we should say, well done. Bongiorno did very well uh, in his uh, pretty much probably his competitive debut for Italy in the match against Ukraine. So a bit of bit, bit, bit of positivity for oh, a Torino player. And, and no doubt Urbano is adding a few millions on when we will sell him next summer. So it's only four, 40 odd more appearances that he needs to make in a while still at Torino to uh, to take Graziani's record as well. Yeah, I'll be, uh, they're going to need a lot of friendlies for that to happen. So, um, very good. Well, Rob, um, yeah, we've got Bologna off our chest. Let's uh, let's have some positive momentum for Monday evening. I will see you at an airport. Uh, somewhere soon as we head over to, to Turin hopefully see a few of you either on Sunday or if you can't make Sunday let us know and we'll try and have a uh, a few drinks around kickoff time on Monday evening Rob anything to add? No no it's all for me Alright Forza Toro Forza Toro <laughs>